Um, hey everybody, what's going on? Welcome to episode three of the relaunch of the Expert Connection with your host, Trish Lito. You're listening to the Expert Connection podcast with your host, Trish Lito. Today I have with me one of my most favorite people in the copywriting world. In fact, he might be one of my most favorite people on the planet just in general. His name is Nathan Frazier. He calls himself the high priest of propaganda. He is a copy and funnels badass. He's amazing. Uh, he is one of the reasons why I actually started doing the podcast. He was one of my, one of my inspirations for doing it. And um, he's one of the reasons why I keep doing Facebook live shout outs and all the things in between. So thank you so much, Nathan, for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. And thank you for that awesome introduction. It makes me sound a lot more awesome than I actually am. <laughs> you are awesome. You are the awesomest. So um, yeah, yeah, it's funny. We, so for those of you who are listening, Nathan and I are actually on a Zoom call right now where we're on the video piece and I just got done showing him my uh, audio apparatus that I just bought for my, for relaunching the podcast. And he was going to, you know, he told me, he's like, you know, holler at your boy the next time you get ready to buy something for audio. So before, before I, before I even ask that question, I want to, I wanted to get it directly onto this interview. So what do you recommend for the people uh, of like for doing like you were getting, get, just getting ready to start to do a whole new podcast? Uh, I actually recommend a different mic than the one that you got. I recommend an Audio Technica. They have a couple different ones. Uh, I, the one that I recommend is the, gosh, I, I might give the wrong name. Let me look it up real quick. It's the Audio Technica, I want to say 2005 USB. But let me double check real quick. No problem. And, Take your time. Seriously. The, the reason why is this particular microphone. A couple things. So uh, you want to get a, yeah, it's the AT2005 USB. Uh, and the reason why I recommend this particular mic, it's, it's a USB mic, so it plugs straight into your computer. You don't have to have an audio in interface. Oh, uh, that's what you're about to tell me, wasn't it? Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. It also has a headphone jack on the bottom of the microphone, so you can just plug your headphones straight into the microphone, and you can hear who you're talking to. You can also hear your own voice through that, that plug-in jack. And it's a, it's a cardioid mic, which means it's a heart-shaped, the pickup, pattern on it is a heart shape right in front of the mic so if you if you watch right here in this little area around my microphone it'll okay. pick up everything that's going on right there but everything that's outside of that little area like if i'm clicking on my keyboard the mic won't pick it up if i've got my fan going in because it's hot as balls in here right now your, the microphone won't pick it up if you go with a mic that's not a cardioid mic, it's going to pick up all that background noise when the chair squeaks, when kids are running in the background, when ah. the garbage truck is driving down the street. Your mic's going to pick all that stuff up. So uh, the reason why I recommend the AT2005 USB, the Audio-Technica, uh, it's, it's a great be beginner mic. It's got a great audio pickup that just only picks up what's right here. Um, and it's only like $50 or $60 usually. So it's... Uh, for a beginner level podcaster, it's the best mic that you can get. That was literally going to be my next question is, you know, what's, what's the price that we can find? So we can find that. I can find that on Amazon. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, cool. Cause the one that I got, it's, it's called a toner. T O N O R is the mic. And then it came with the arm, the bracket that, um, that tightly screws onto the, um, like the drawer of your desk or like the edge of your desk. And then it's, it's actually really nice. And it's got the little foam cover to put on top of the mic. And then what did you call it? It's the, the, the pop screen, the pop screen. So, and I'm holding this up so that Nathan can see what I'm talking about. But what I have is, um, what most people have is like the, the plug that you would plug in, like, uh, your, your, your hands free device into the bottom of your phone. That's what I have for my computer or to, to plug the mic into my computer, into the, um, the mic. Uh, the mic uh, jack <clears throat> on the side of my laptop, but I could get an adapter for this that goes into USB. Could I not? You could, but every single extra connection degrades audio quality. So it's better just to skip that altogether and go straight with one plug in. Got it. 
Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take your advice. I'm gonna go shop that out, and if nothing else, and I have this, and I can maybe resell it to somebody else or whatever I want to do with it. All right, cool, good to know, good to know. So let's let's talk further about because like one of the things that I and I talked to Kim Doyle was my first relaunch guest, and I absolutely adore her. Kim Doyle is a a WordPress chick, and she's she's just she's brilliant for content creation and all the things in between. But what I loved about talking with her is that it, it reconfirmed my decision to give up my group and start doing the podcast again, because I love the idea of just sitting down and just shooting the shit and ha just having a fun conversation with some of my favorite people in the industry. So there's really no like agenda here. I just want to, and I know you hate this, so I'm not going to say the words, but I would like to um, dig into your noggin, <laughs> so to say, pick your brain. I just want to learn a little bit about like what you got going on and how how brilliant you are. So, what is a way that people before I, because the whole call to action thing is going to be at the end. I'll have the I'll have your links and all that good stuff. You do copy and funnels. I see you getting more active on Instagram now, which I'm so proud of you for doing that because your brilliance should be exposed on multiple platforms. Uh, but what are some um, what are some things that you're working on right now? Like what, what is your, like, what's your baby right now? Uh, so I just re speaking of Facebook groups. So I had a Facebook group and it got to the point where we were, uh, gosh, we were close closing in on a thousand people in there. And it got to the point where I didn't even want to run it anymore. Um, there was too much bickering, too many people having pissing contests about who knew better about stupid stuff arguments and and people being like Nathan so and so said this or so and so did this and I didn't like the way somebody talked to me and it's just like I don't even I'm not a babysitter uh constantly coming up with content for the group to keep the to keep the group engaged it was running a Facebook group effectively is a full-time job and unless you have a very good strategy to to monetize on it yeah you it's you know. like Again, we're on, we're on video. Nathan is seeing my reaction because I'm just, I'm, I'm it, it, like, it tugged at my absolute soul. Like I couldn't do it anymore. I was like, for like, screw all of this. Like, I don't even care. Like just do the podcast instead. Ugh. Yeah. So I quit my Facebook group. I, I whittled it down to about a hundred people. We were closing in on a thousand. I kicked out in one night. I just went through and I, I kicked out 90% of the people in the group. And I was just like, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone. And I got it down to a hundred people. I really liked it at a hundred people. Mm -hmm. um, it was so much easier and it was, it was more enjoyable to run a Facebook group of a hundred people than over a thousand people. And then I was like, you know what? I want to whittle it down. I whittled it down to 50 people. It was like only the 50 most engaged people are going to be able to stay involved in this group. And then eventually I just quit the group. I, I shut it down. I kicked everybody out because I was just like, it's, it wasn't fun for me anymore. And, and that, yep. Yep. I remember you doing that. And I was like, you know what? Good for him. Good for him. Yeah. So I restarted the Facebook group, um, but I did it different. I, I just relaunched a product or I just launched a product. I, I launched a kind of like an elite training. So, um, I, I've been doing marketing. I've been doing copywriting for, uh, five years professionally, six years professionally. And I've been doing it. Um, I've been in the industry kind of rubbing elbows with people for about 10 years now. I have a lot of connections through the podcast. I've made a lot of connections, but I also have worked with a lot of um, A-list copywriters, A-list marketers. And so I have a lot of connections. And so what I recently did is I, I hit up a bunch of the people that I know and I said, hey, I want to start like a, an elite training for people, for marketers, for business owners that want to take their marketing to the next level. And I want to do these like really, not just interviews, not like podcast interviews where we just shoot the shit about, can I cuss on this? I don't care what you say on okay. this. Uh, where we just uh, shoot the shit about marketing or copywriting, but I wanted to do some like in-depth training. So uh, I got Ben Settle agreed to do a training on how he does market research before he starts writing for any niche. David Garfinkel, who's widely renowned, world renowned as the world's greatest copywriting coach. He came on and did a training on how to write a sales letter. He, he laid out one of his like most highest converting sales letters, a sales letter that he's made millions of dollars off of 
in multiple different industries. He went through step-by-step how he writes the sales letter. Uh, I recently had Kevin Geary, who is the founder of Six Figure Grind. He went through and shows how he does content marketing and how he, how he, how he does his research to make sure that all of his content will just dominate search engine results. Um, and uh, Joe, Joe Schriefer, the head copywriter of Agora Financial, he's coming on to do a training about how he does, uh, how he lays out his copy. So I've got all these guys that, and girls, because I want to get you on there as well. I haven't proposed to you yet, but I do. Oh my, I do oh my God, if you me. propose to me, I'm totally going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've Brian, got all these. Brian knows, my husband fully knows about the mutual internet crush that we have. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got all these people and they've got trainings that typically they're doing, like David Garfinkel, the one that he came on, it's something that when he does it live for people, he charges like $13,000 to teach this template. Uh, ben Settle pretty much refuses to give away the secrets that he gave away in this training. So I've got a bunch of, I've got five different trainings so far. Um, and each month I'm going to add a new one and it's a monthly subscription. So when you, when you sign up, you get all of the previous trainings. Plus for each month that you stay signed up, um, you get each new training that comes out every single month. I'm going to bring on a new guest or maybe I'll do occasionally trainings by myself, but you get access to all the trainings and you get access to the private Facebook group. So everybody that's in the Facebook group, um, no freebie seekers. Nobody's in there that hasn't paid. Everybody that's in there has either bought a product or is part of the private community. And so that was my way of filtering out all of the, I don't want to say riffraff, but the tire kickers and the freebie seekers. Cause yep. Facebook oh no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm very familiar. So there's two things that I want to touch on uh, based off of what you just said. First of all, I want everybody to understand that, um, you are the producer for the copywriters podcast with David Garfinkel that he is, um, he is, you're essentially one of his, I hate to say it like this, but it's true because you're phenomenal at what you're doing, but you're, you're his prodigy. I mean, you did, you, you literally implemented everything that he teaches. And just to that point, if anybody is out there thinking to themselves, gosh, I'd really love to learn how to write really good copy in one episode alone, of me, because I am, I'm a podcast junkie. I love listening to podcasts. One episode alone, I think it was, um, I think it was him just talking about uh, the like follow-up sequences and like selling and follow-up. And Mm -hmm. I listened to that one podcast. I had four full legal paper, a pad, four pages full of notes that I took Mm -hmm. in a free podcast episode that was like, maybe 20 minutes long. I was jotting down so many things. And I have to say that out loud because I'm telling you right now, for those of you who are podcast listeners, if you know, you see a lot of online courses out there and a lot of people who are full of shit, we all know it, right? The full of shit, quote unquote, gurus and entrepreneurs and oh, I'm going to teach you how to make millions when they're not even making $10,000 a month, but yet they have a 20K blueprint, all these bullshit people you could probably learn more in one or two podcast episodes from the right people like David Garfinkel and the copywriters podcast, than you will learn in any $10,000 course that some of these bullshit marketers are trying to sell you and throw down your throat. And so I have to say that out loud. That's, that's the first thing. And you're phenomenal what you do with David. I, I love listening to the two of you go back and forth. It's, it's so clear your relationship. It's so crystal clear your relationship that you admire and respect the hell out of him and that he respects you for what you do for him on the podcast. And he's proud of you and your accomplishments as you work with him and learn from him. So I, I really do give you kudos for that. Well, thank you. And for people that don't know who David is, David's, he's, he's the guy that basically invented template copywriting. He's the guy that when everybody else was trying to teach people how to copyright, he was the first person that actually sat down and created a method for teaching people how to copyright. And now he works for, most of what he does now is he teaches people or he he goes through and helps people improve their copy. Um, He works for like multi-trillion dollar companies. He's very, very expensive. It's very, very hard to get a hold of him. In order to get him to grade your copy or to help you tweak your copy, costs thousands and thousands of dollars. And um, 
I am just fortunate that I had a skill that he needed. And when we first connected, we hit it off really well. And uh, we work really well together. The, a lot of people say that the flow of the podcast is, is really rare. It's really rare for people to have that type of flow. But um, I get, I get multi-thousand dollar trainings every single week. And uh, I, get to, I get paid to basically be mentored by the greatest copywriter on the planet. Well, he's in the top three, in my opinion, of people that write the best, most high converting ads. He's definitely in the top three living copywriters right now. And I have direct access to him. So I feel incredibly fortunate and incredibly blessed to be in that situation. We have to send him this episode just so he can hear us talk about him. It's like, I just, I, and the other thing that I have to say is he's actually quite a humble person as well, because um, I've, I've posted a few posts here and there on Instagram and LinkedIn and like tagged him and he's come into it literally within like minutes, sometimes within an hour of me making the post and just thanking me, you know, and it could be him, could be somebody working for him. He's, he's probably somebody working for her, but mm, in my mind, in my head, it's him and his own personality and humility. That's just saying, thank you. You know, like, thank you. I appreciate that because he doesn't need me to do that for him, but it's, it's nice to know that he's like truly grateful. It's him. And here's the thing. I've met most of my heroes, like, and they say you should never meet your heroes because a lot of, uh, a lot of your heroes are douchebags and they total, they totally front in their public persona and they're not nearly as cool. Once you actually meet them, uh, two, two of my biggest heroes that I've, that I've been able to meet and build a relationship with that actually lived up to what I thought that they were like. Uh, David Garfinkel is one of them. Ben Settle is the other one. And most of the other heroes that I've met in both the music industry, because I was really active in the music industry for a great number of years, and in the marketing industry, um, very few of them have lived up to, to my ideals of them before I met them. Ben is definitely one of those people, and David Garfinkel is one of those people. And David does manage his own social media. So when he responds to you, it's him responding to you. Oh my God. Okay. That makes me feel even better. That's seriously like, that's, it's kind of amazing. And again, you know, like some people are like, Oh, I'm going to tag Gary V and you know, <laughs> maybe crickets or I'm going to tag Russell Brunson and you get crickets, right? Like you're lucky if he like responds to your post or whatever. But I literally have tagged David a, a, a handful of times on LinkedIn and on Instagram primarily. And he's, truly responded and commented on it like within less than an hour and i'm just like wow like this guy's probably one of the busiest people on the planet and he's making time to you know say thank you and that it means a lot it really does like i don't care it just kind of tells you that at the end of the day you know these are in fact people they're humans and 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 it's nice it's just nice to know that you get that gratification um so I'm not going to lie to you. I'm sweating right now. This is how much I love talking to you. You're seriously one of my favorite people to talk to, Nathan. I just freaking adore you. Um, I love being on your email list. I love <laughs> the stories that you tell. So you spoke for just a moment about David and how he does the whole, the template piece of copywriting. And I literally, before you and I got on this, I literally talked about how I can't stand templates. And I mean, the copy and paste templates. I feel like when you're looking at a really, like a true copywriting professional, a true copywriting teacher or coach, they're not just gonna give you a template and say, hey, do this exact thing and paste it. And you know, oh yeah, tweak it to sound like yourself. They're gonna tell you the template is truly for the flow of the story. And I think that that's so necessary for people to understand. So talk about that for me, just, just, just for a little bit, if you don't mind, just kind of tell me about what that flow looks like for people and why that's so important. There's a lot of different ways to approach it, but I want to, I want to reel it back just a little bit. You said you compared it to stories mm-hmm. and the, it's a fair comparison because stories need certain elements to make them work. For a story to work, you need to have a you need to have a hero that the reader is able to relate with. You need to have an objection that is standing in their way, something that an obstacle that's stopping them from getting what they want. Mm -hmm. You have to have 
an internal problem, a, a fatal flaw that the hero has that in order to reach their external goal, they have to overcome their internal goal. You have to have stakes. You have to know what's at stake. What does the hero get if they make it to the end of the story? What is at risk? Well, if they don't make it, what's going to happen? Is the world going to end? Are they going to lose the one that, are they going to lose their high school sweetheart? Are they going to, um, are they going to lose their relationship with their kid? Whatever the case may be. Certain elements have to be there for a story. The same thing is in, in copywriting. You have to have certain elements. So what David teaches and what a, a very few amount of people teach, nobody teaches it as well as he does though, but what David teaches is the elements. These are the things that need to be in copy and these are the ways that you can go from this one to this one. Transitioning, going from the introduction into the story, going from the story into the offer, going in from the offer into the call to action, making a smooth transition from the, the hook of the story to the climax of the story, to the, to the height of the story, to the resolution of the story. Being able to do that, it's an art. And it can't, it can't be, um, like you said, a, a lot of people say, well, just copy and paste it into this template. It doesn't work because when readers are reading that they can feel the inauthenticity. They can feel that it was copy and pasted and that doesn't work. And that's not the way that David teaches copywriting. David teaches copywriting as an overall strategy rather than tactics. He says, um, instead of saying, uh, you, you just, this is how you write a headline and you copy and paste it. He says, these are the different ways to write a headline. And depending on which market you have, or depending on um, how familiar your market is with you or the product that you sell, or depending on um, how busy your market is, or, or whether they're reading you in their free time, or whether they're reading you on a busy highway, um, he approaches it with all of those things in mind. And he teaches you. So that's why we're 60 plus episodes into the podcast and he's still coming up with new trainings every single week is because he doesn't just say, okay, so what you got to do is you got to start with the problem. Then you got to start, you got to agitate the problem. Then you got to give testimonials and then you got to, I mean, a lot of copywriters, that's their whole bag of tricks. David has 25, 30 years of experience writing for close to a hundred different industries. So he knows all of the little subtle nuances of what works and what doesn't work. And so um, his approach to teaching copy, and I call it templates because some of it is templated, but his approach at even at the template structure is vastly <laughs> different than what 90% of people. Why, why are you interviewing me and all we're doing is talking about David, by the way? No, I'm sorry. And you're absolutely right. I feel like we are. No, uh, what, what I want to do is talk, is, is, is talk to you about... Um, uh, no, you're right. I'm sorry. And it, <laughs> well, no, I just, you, 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 I'm, I was asking you, you were talking about David, damn it. <laughs> it's because I freaking love David and it's hard for me not to sing his praises. You son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nathan, I love you. No, but you're right. No, it, it, but, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I'm going to have to edit this. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Uh, I'm interviewing you because you're amazing, and I, I literally asked you the question. I wanted it from your point of view, and you you brought in David because he's he's mentored you and talked to you how to do these things, and you're you're doing it. Um, you do copy and funnels. I have again another two part question because this is how my brain works. So you write copy for biz, big business entire funnels, right? So like you know, if it's a four-step, five-step funnel page, whatever, you write the whole thing. Um, and then you also write email copy for them, correct? Uh, depending on the client's needs, yes. Okay. So, and you write, do you write, you do Facebook ad copy or mostly just like funnels? No, you don't touch Facebook ads. <sighs> I, I avoid Facebook ads. And there's a couple of different reasons why, um, but I'm not a big do you feel fan. Restricted? Do you feel restricted with it? Like you can't like really. Well, Facebook ads does not like, I'm a direct response marketer. Oh, and okay. What, gotcha. Okay. What works for direct response marketing, Facebook ads really frowns on. Facebook ads is not where I, like you said, it's too restricting. I, I'll write Facebook ads, um, but 
I'm not a big fan of Facebook ads. They don't allow you to do the things that you actually need to do a lot of the times. A lot of the times what works in advertising is forbidden on Facebook. And so yeah. I, I tend to stay away from Facebook ads. So what is, what is your primary niche? Like what's your primary industry that you work with or you like to work with? Uh, I don't have a pre- it, people always say you have to niche down. You have to either, you can't write sales pages and landing pages and emails. You have to just pick one and stick with that and become the guy that's known for doing that. Uh, or they say you can't write for this industry and this industry. I actually like to write for different industries. I'm one of these people that gets bored if I have to do the same industry over and over again. I don't like writing for the same industry. I like the challenge of learning new markets. I like the challenge of uh, learning about different types of avatars. Um, so I don't really have a niche industry that I, I exclusively write for. I tend to write more for info products and software as a service. That's gotcha. most of the people that hire me, that's what they hire me for. Um, but I've written for property and real estate people. I've written for uh, dog trainers and, and other pet industry stuff. That's um, awesome. That's a, that's a freaking, oh my God, what a blue ocean, really and truly, like, wow. Yeah. So I've written for a lot of different industries. Uh, what I like to do though, what kind of sets me apart from most copywriters out there is I like to take a holistic approach. I like to look at every step. I don't like to just come in and say, I'm the guy that writes your sales page. I like to look at what's the landing page look like? What's the opt-in? What's the lead magnet look like? What is the um, sales page look like? What does the content look like? And I like to try and make sure that everything has a everything feels tied together. When you go from one page to the next, it doesn't feel like the, the experience has been interrupted or the experience has been um, incongruent. I like to approach things to make sure that everything kind of comes together. Oh, um, so you're a real marketer? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> I, I'm not going to knock on people that niche down. It's just that um, I make more money taking on wider things and I can charge a lot more mm-hmm. taking on, if I write, you know, if I, if I say, okay, I'm going to write your webinar, I'm going to write the landing page for the webinar, and I'm going to write the sales page for cold traffic, and I'm going to write the sales page for uh, warm traffic. If I can write all four of those things, anybody who hits at any point and then moves to the next point is going to feel like it's an authentic experience rather than if you hire one copywriter to write this. And so I only take on one or two jobs every six months. And when I take on those jobs, it's a really in-depth thing, but I charge mm, upwards of twenty dollars to $50,000 to start and then upwards from there. So uh, I don't take very many jobs on, but I do demand a high price for the people that do hire me. So. That makes total sense. That makes total sense. And not only that, but you, I, I feel like a, a, a real business, you know, legitimately somebody who's... Um, trying to scale, increase their sales, get the conversions, make it all happen. <clears throat> I feel like you probably don't want to have a copywriter for different pieces of your business, the beginning, the middle, and the end, because if you have different copywriters and your message isn't going to flow as well. So I think that it's very positive and important that when you do talk to any, whoever your copywriter is going to be, that you ensure that it's going to be somebody who can do just like Nathan said, that it's going to be somebody who can do at, you know, the, the cold, the warm, the hot, the follow up, um, and, and make that, make that look very fluid all the way through. So I think that you doing it that way is that's awesome. Um, I do also want to talk about what you're doing with the podcast. So you have, so for those of you who are listening, um, <laughs> something that I love about Nathan on Facebook is he has the, one of the reasons why I've always respected him is that he's been one of those people who does like controversial posts and, uh, it's, 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 and what's fun about it is the posts are typically, uh, around a, a political view, which is fine. You know, everybody to each their own. I don't do that. And that's why I like having other people who do it so that I can kind of weigh in on, you know, how I think and how I feel about it. But um, I noticed that you, I don't know if you really do those as much anymore. I haven't really seen a bunch of them, but you also have your own podcast. So let's talk about that for a minute. 
So first of all, the Facebook stuff, I'm a marketer and politics is more marketing than, than anything else. <laughs> and so I point out a lot of what goes on in the political atmosphere is manipulation. A lot of it is, um, yeah. a lot of it is framing. A lot of it is almost cultish behavior. So I pointed out and uh, I pointed out on both sides. I, I pointed out when the left does it. I pointed out when the right does it. And I ruffle feathers and I get people worked up. But the thing is, is those posts get engagement. And people, people love to share their opinions. People love to come in and squabble. The more people comment, the more of our mutual friends will see the post. The more people will come in and add their opinions. And a lot of times I'll, I'll I'll wrap it up with, hey, this, is, this works in marketing too, or this is why you should avoid this in your marketing. And if you want more information, go check out this. And I send people back to my website or I send people back to my sales page to join my private community. So it works for me. I totally get why a lot of people are like, I don't mix business with politics. Mm-hmm. I do mix business with politics. Oh I no, that's like literally like the heart of your business. <laughs> <laughs> it is. No, but I think it's brilliant. It is. You're a copywriter for Christ's sake. Like this is what you do. So I, I think it's, I, I, I actually enjoy it. It's, it's, a, it's a good little outlet for me to just be like, ah! <laughs> yeah. So, um, and when I don't, the, here's the other thing too. Um, sales messages on Facebook get ignored when you're just trying to pitch your stuff. Nobody's going to like it. Nobody's going to see it. Nobody's going to, and if, if that's all you do and you don't, you do, you're afraid to rile up your community in order to get responses out of them. That's marketing is about evoking responses and calling people to action. And people are afraid to evoke responses because they're afraid of offending people. They're afraid of uh, turning off a segment of their market. I'm not really afraid of that. Cause like I said, if, if, if I do choose to take somebody on as a client, I'm going to be asking for a lot of money and my own personal political, I, I don't have like, I don't say personally me, I'm not left and I'm not right. Uh, I agree with some of the issues that the left agrees with. I agree with some of the issues the right agrees with. I adamantly disagree with most of what both political parties say. Yep. Um, I feel exactly the same way. That's why you and I are still Facebook friends. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm not going to, if somebody disagrees with me on something, I'm not going to say, well, I can't work for you because you voted for Trump or you voted for Obama. Cause I really don't care. I, if, if I believe in your product and I want people to know about it and I want to make you money, that's what, that's what I say. Okay. I'll work for you because I like what you're selling. I think people need to get hear about it. I think you definitely need better messaging for the way you're trying to get it out there. So yeah, let's work together. Um, but I feel like when it, especially when it comes to Facebook, but I also notice this in email marketing. I also notice this in pretty much all forms of marketing. If you're afraid to get people emotionally charged, you're not, you're not going to have rabid, rabid fans. You're not going to have people that are like, I'm following everything this guy does, or I'm following everything this girl does. You're not going to have people hitting that heart button. If you don't risk the fact that people are going to hit the hate button as well. Well, and I think, I think you're right about that. And I think that a part, a big, especially as, as a marketer, I think a big, and I'm starting to, to venture into this now because I, I agree with that. I totally agree with that statement. And I, I somebody else said it too. I think it might've been um, my friend, Desi Slava Dobreva. She's my branding coach. She's amazing. And she says something about, you know, you can't just sit neutral on the fence all day long, every day and expect to get a, a strong following either way. You have to have your own freaking opinion and you have to own it and you have to be okay with it. And, and it, you're going to piss people off. Be ready to piss people off. Be okay with it. Like be excited to piss people off because those are the people who don't are not aligned with you. And you know, they, they don't dig my stuff. I don't want them to follow me anyway. Cause I'm never going to get their money. I'm never going to get their, uh, their approval. I don't want it. I don't want, I don't need your approval to, to do business. Right. Uh, so, but if you're, if you agree with me on one way or on, or the other, so I'm starting to get a little bit more aggressive with that as I like come out of my shell that way, because I was very anti-politics and I, I'm still kind of like anti-politics as far as sharing that and being controversial. But now it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, I'm coming out of my shell and going, okay, 
we are sick and tired of seeing these same woe is me posts from certain entrepreneurs out there in the industry where it's like, Oh, I was living in a hotel room and life was so hard. And now I'm a you know six figure earner and she cut the first comment to get my blueprint to make $20,000 a month. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> you gotta be freaking kidding me. Like, is that, that does not work anymore. Like, come on. And then, you get to have a relationship with that person and you come to realize that they are not in fact a 20 K per month earner and <laughs> they're nowhere near it. And they're so full of shit. And you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm like, this is ridiculous. So anyway, I digress on that piece. You have your own podcast. Are you still doing that? Are you still, are you still doing the podcast and tell us about what, what what's the name of it and what do you talk about? So the podcast is named Nathan Fraser show. Because I'm a huge egomaniac. Um, <laughs> well, you should be. <laughs> um, and yeah, I still do it. I don't do it as regularly as I need to. So the reason why that it's kind of it's slumped off to like two or three episodes a month now is because I also do I do David's podcast. I just started a new podcast for Landon Porter. Nice. And yeah, and I do a podcast for um, a guy named Pradeep Sangha. He's Yes, I know who he is. Yeah, so Pradeep is, a lot of people are all about front-end marketing, how to get more customers. Pradeep is a client retention specialist, so he says, hey, don't, don't spend all your money buying new customers. Here's the things you can do to actually keep the old customers around. And, and one thing that when you, when you start looking at marketing, you learn, in order to get somebody to make an initial purchase, you usually have to spend 60 to 80%. A lot of people like on the front end, they're willing to even lose money to get a new customer. Yeah. So when you're marketing or when you're, when your business uh, plan is towards new, getting new customers, you're spending a lot more to get them on board. But when your marketing is geared towards getting old customers to come back and buy more, um, it's like 30, 30 cents per dollar. You can spend 80 cents per dollar or a hundred, you know, a dollar per dollar or a dollar 20 per dollar to get new customers, but you can usually spend 30 cents per dollar to get more customers that are already dealing with you to come back and spend more money. So that's what he focuses on is not the front end of marketing, but the back end of marketing. So I do those three podcasts and that's, a, that's three podcasts that I'm co-hosting, editing and putting out every single month for people. Um, I have more people that keep coming to me and they're like, Hey, produce my podcast. I don't really want to though. Cause those three guys, Landon is somebody I really look up to. Pradeep is somebody that I really look up to. And David is somebody I really look up to and I learn immensely from them. And so the amount of money that they pay me is nice, but it's, it's not the reason why I took them on. So somebody could come to me and say, Hey, I'll pay you three times what these guys are paying for you. If you'll do my podcast for me, it's like, well, do you have anything that you can teach me? Do you, uh, is your brand something that I want to be attached to? And if not, it doesn't matter how much you're going to pay me, but because I'm doing three different podcasts, um, I've kind of slacked off on doing my own podcast, but I definitely need to get back into doing it more. But uh, if people do want to check it out, NathanFraserShow.com is where they can check it out. I, have, I was on an episode. I was, that was like back when I was like doing the Instagram thing really aggressively. And I loved it. I love doing the Instagram thing. I still have people that reach out to me every now and again. They're like, oh, can you teach me Instagram? And I'm like, I'm not Josh Forty. I'm not Hoofsway Pena. I mean, I can, I can give you the basics, but I'm not going to tell you how to get 100,000 followers in a month. Like, I'm just, that's not what I do. But I remember when I came on with you and, and I did that. Um, that was fun. That was like kind of the beginning of like our little, uh, mutual crush. <laughs> <laughs> Can I ask a question? Certainly. Um, and this is going to involve you being very vulnerable. Why have you moved away from the Instagram stuff? <clears throat> Cause you got, you bugged me and bugged me and bugged me. And finally, about a month ago, I finally started doing Instagram and I'm like, okay, I got to go to Trish. And I'm like, Trish doesn't even teach Instagram very much anymore. I think what happened honestly is, uh, and now I'm okay with being vulnerable about it. Um, 
there were people out there who were teaching. So, okay. There are people out there who are teaching people how to use Instagram to get hundreds and thousands of followers <laughs> and make and monetize with hundreds and thousands of followers in like a month. Right. I never taught that, but unfortunately that's what sells on the market. Okay. So it's, it's, Hey, I want so many followers because if I get so many followers and I can be an influencer on Instagram and people pay me thousands of dollars to promote their brand as an influencer. I never taught that the way that I taught people was, Hey, if you do, if you use this formula, um, you can present yourself on Instagram. It's this whole other platform aside from Facebook that allows you to, uh, share your content, be who you are and attract the right kind of people. And it, you can do it. It's okay to do it organically. It's okay to do it organically. That's what I was trying to teach people is, you can literally do this. And I had grown this incredible following on a lifestyle account that I had. And, um, and I, I had this great following and, and so I, and I started sharing about it and people were coming to me and going, Oh my God, how are you getting so many people following you? And I was just like, I'm just sharing my shit every day. You know, like I was just literally just like sharing myself. And then it turned into like a story scene. I'm like, Oh my God, stories. This is awesome. I'm getting leads from this. I'm like, I'm connecting with people with this. And if you use the right hashtags and you do these things and these things. So <clears throat> I, I discontinued specifically training that and like a course on that because there are other people out there that are teaching people how to make like thousands and thousands of dollars a month by doing a certain thing. I don't believe in telling someone I'm going to teach you how to make $7,000 a month or I'm going to teach you how to make $10,000 a month. I believe in teaching people. I'm going to show you how to listen to your market and show up and put some really good content out there. That's going to bring people in and want to interact with you and engage with you and get, and get you like have that relationship. Like I don't believe in just leads. I believe in relationships. And I think that um, it's funny that you're asking me this question right now, because I literally have had more people come to me more recently and say, Hey, I want you to show me how to do Instagram. <laughs> and it's just funny to me because I'm just like, I mean, I can show you, but I'm not going to tell you how to get a hundred thousand followers in a month. I'm going to show you how to interact with people. I'm going to show you how to use Instagram as an outstanding platform for your market research, because it is fantastic for market research. And when I start showing people these little things and the technical pieces behind it and using stories and all that, they're like, Oh my God, I didn't know that I could do all of this. So I hope that answers your question because that's kind of what happened. I just, I didn't want to, um, I didn't, I don't believe in putting like false promises out there to people and, and I didn't want to do that, you know, and I was doing Facebook live all the time. So, no. Oh. so here's where I'm kind of stuck at. I'm using, I'm trying to use Instagram. Um, I'm not a big fan of like selfies and, and sharing, uh, pictures of kids and stuff like that. Cause I'm just like, Hey, if I uh, privacy and all of that stuff, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of, of a lot of the ways that I see people using Instagram. And um, so I'm like, okay, how do I use Instagram? And I'm trying to follow people. I'm trying to see how they use it. And I'm just not, uh, I'm not, I'm not seeing the results that I want to see on it. And I'm like, okay, well, I need to holler at Trish but then I'm like, well, is Trish even doing this anymore? Should I holler at her? And again, I think the reason, the thing is, is like, I'm totally in line with you. I don't like the, um, a, a lot of the things that I hate about the way people teach how to do Facebook and the way people teach how to do, how to get Facebook engagement. Yeah. It's, it comes off as so inauthentic. And for the masses of people out there, that might be fine. I'm not down with that. I'm not down with, uh, going after the lowest hanging fruit. I'm not down with going after um, idiots that can't tell that they're being marketed to. I want to go after a higher quality of people because I serve a higher audience. And so I don't want to learn the cheap engagement, generic cheat sheet bull crap that so-and-so guru is, is, 
and everybody else is copy and pasting and you can say, oh, the, the cheat sheet must have been updated because now everybody's asking this question when last week they were asking this question. I don't want that type of engagement. And so I don't want to go to those other gurus that teach Instagram. I'm like, damn it, what the hell happened to Trish? You know what? I love that you just said that because fair enough. And you know what? You and I, I think we should sit down and have a conversation and I'll, I'll we'll, we'll, I'll, we'll do a little coaching and I'll give you some really good tips to, um, cause I see some of your stories and I, some of your stories, like I see it and I'm like, and I'm like, I want to like reply to it and comment on it and go, Hey, do this, 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 and this now. And you'd be like, Oh shit. I didn't even think about that. And so I think we should, you and I should like sit down and have a quick, like 20 minute powwow and I'll give you some really good ideas to help you with that. Here's my proposal. Okay. Oh God. Okay. Do you think that you could come up with an, between like a 40 and an, a 40 minute and an hour long training to where you could teach me and my community how to rock it out on Instagram? Challenge accepted. Okay. That way yeah. I get to fulfill oh, yeah. my own selfish desires. Plus I get to provide something for my paid members. Plus I get to introduce you to them. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No. Cause at the end of the day, and I, I think that you know this about me by now at the end of the day, really and truly I'm a creator. I am an absolute creator, um, and and more than anything, I'm a creator, and I am a um, I'm the unicorn. I like get into people's heads and and make them go, oh, I can do that thing. I can be a magical beast with this. So yes, I would love to do that. I would absolutely love to do that. It would be. Are you kidding me? I I mean, I already have the content out there, but I could sit down. I mean, with a notepad in like 10, 15 minutes and I'd have the whole curriculum <laughs> ready to rock and roll. So, Okay, yeah. that's something we're going to have to do then. <laughs> I could definitely do that. And I could touch on a few different niches too because I feel like different niches are going to um, absorb and get different reactions from Instagram and Instagram stories. So yeah, no, I, that totally, I could totally do that. Are you kidding me? It's you. Okay. It's you and it's okay. me. Yay. Okay, I can finally say, this is on the podcast officially, episode three, Nathan Frazier proposed to me. <laughs> 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 it's official. All right. Episode, I thought you were way past episode three. You no, okay, so no, I am. This is episode three of the relaunch. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, because... So many things have happened. I had, I, I, it, whole new, like whole new direction. I'm totally focused on doing this now. I'm totally focused on having, like, there's a, like literally a laundry list of people that it's like way past due having them on my podcast, interviewing them, talking with them. So the fact, when I saw that you had gone onto that post and, and, you know, filled out the application, I was just like, He's still in my heart because I wanted to have you on so freaking bad. So, yay. <laughs> well, I'm honored to be here. All right. Well, listen, um, we'll have some links for you. If people want to be on your podcast or if they want to get access to you, uh, join your, you have, you have the subscription, right? Yes, but I don't let anybody in. Um, people have to apply to join. And so far I've only let four people in. Okay. So, uh, people can apply, but, uh, and I'll, I'll leave the link. I'm not going to say it on the air, but okay, good. I'll, I'll send you the link. You can put it in the show notes that way people have to take extra steps. I mean, people go through like seven or eight steps to actually join the, join the private community. Cause I okay. only want certain people there, but yes, I'll, I'll leave that. But if people do want to check out my work, um, can I drop a couple links? Please go that? for it. That's what this is all about. Absolutely. Okay. So number one, we're going to go back to talking about David Garfinkel real quick. Yay! Uh, the Copywriters <laughs> Podcast with David Garfinkel is basically the work that I'm most proud of in the world right now. So you can check that out over at copywriterspodcast.com. Uh, number two, if you want to check out my podcast, it's over at nathanfrasershow.com. And number three, if you want to get a bunch of free, free stuff, free content that I put out, uh, as part of my own sales funnel to bring you into my world and siphon as much money out of you as I possibly can, go over to copyandfunnels.com and you can check that out over there. So I, I really want to wrap this up and just let everybody know, I, I, I can't fully express to you that like you guys just got, what, about half an hour, 45 minutes, maybe even an hour's worth of why I love Nathan so much. He He really is just 
like one of my favorite people on the planet. I love listening to him just talk. Like just, I just want to, like, can we just do a podcast episode where you just talk? (laughs) (laughs) We'll do an episode where we talk politics. Oh, we should totally do that. (laughs) We should totally, you have no idea, like, and you know, I'm going to get people on that listening. They're going, oh God, really? But no, I think we should. I think we totally should. Um, Thank you very, very much for joining me on this episode. It has been my pleasure and my honor and my privilege to have you on. Um, We'll definitely do this again sooner rather than later. And I'm totally coming over to your podcast with a glass of wine. (laughs) (laughs) And I will give some really good tips on Insta because I do love it. Um, Like I said, I mean, it's just, I, I know what I know. And I know like when I train people and I coach people on how to do certain things and they start doing it, they're like, oh my God, I'm getting leads off of Instagram. I'm like, yeah, I know. Just because I don't have a million followers doesn't mean that I don't know how to do it. See, so, and I need that. I get, uh, I make, I get a decent amount of leads off of Facebook. I get a decent amount of leads off of email marketing and you made me take, that's okay. You made me take the plunge into instance. So I want to start doing it right. I think you should. Hi. You won't go bye-bye. You just got here. You won't go bye-bye. You go bye-bye on Saturday. Can you say hi to Mr. Nathan? Hi. Hi. <laughs> All right, my children have just joined us for the very end of this podcast episode. You want to say hi? Here. All right, we're going to, I don't think I'm going to cut this out. I think this is fun. Say hi. Hi. Awesome. My little people. All right, guys. All right, time to have some dinner. Nathan, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Uh, For those of you who want to follow Nathan, the links are going to be in the podcast notes. Much love to you all. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Expert Connection with Trish Lito. I will catch you guys on the flip side. Lito out. Hey everyone, we really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Expert Connection Podcast with Trish Lito. Remember, sharing is caring. If you loved the content within this episode, please let us know by sharing it out to your friends and more importantly, write us a review. Our purpose is to help you in any way that we can take your business to the next level. If you're interested in being a guest on our podcast, please go to www.trishlito.com and make sure that you request to be a guest. See you on the flip side. Peace out.